Hi, and welcome to In Conversation With, a podcast from The Lancet Microbe. I'm Senior Editor Rebecca Barksby, and on this episode, I'm talking to Dr. Erica Fermeister about how access to safe water and sanitation is associated with antibiotic resistance. Dr. Erica Fermeister is an Assistant Professor in Environmental and Occupational Health Sciences and Environmental Engineering at the University of Washington in the United States. Her main area of research is on the environmental transmission of pathogens, but the topic of our conversation today is a paper by Dr. Fermeister and colleagues entitled Evaluating Community Water and Sanitation Access and the Global Burden of Antibiotic Resistance Using Human Fecal Metagenomes from 26 Countries, an Ecological Study. This paper was published in The Lancet Microbe in June 2023. Welcome, Erica. It is a pleasure to have you on this podcast to talk about your paper. So I wanted to start by asking you to clarify what you mean by water and sanitation and how are these connected to antibiotic resistance? Thanks, Rebecca, for having me. Yes, so water and sanitation have very specific definitions. Um, They are set by the Joint Monitoring Program for Water Supply and Sanitation, which is a WHO-UNICEF program that monitors progress towards uh, global drinking water, sanitation, and hygiene goals. These goals are set by, um, it's called the Sustainable Development Goals. There's 17 of them that are adopted by the UN member states, and goal six is for clean water and safe sanitation. So towards these goals, there's different definitions of um, safe water and safe sanitation. Um, So improved water is defined as a water source that's protected from contamination. It could be like a protected well or standpipe. Improved sanitation um, is sanitation that separates human waste from human contact. So examples of that are like a flush or poor flush pit latrine, a ventilated improved pit latrine. These are kind of the older definitions that were for the Millennium Development Goals, and now we've moved to what's called safely managed sanitation and uh, safely managed drinking water. Safely managed water is defined as an improved source that's accessible on premises, available when needed, and free from contamination. And then safely managed sanitation is improved sanitation where excreta are safely disposed of um, on-site or treated off-site. And so we use the older definitions because progress towards safely managed sanitation, essentially the data isn't there yet because these are newer definitions. So we went with improved water and improved sanitation for our paper. And then your question of how does this relate to antimicrobial resistance? So antibiotics are excreted in human waste in urine and feces, and so that applies selective pressure for the development of resistance. Also, in human waste, we can have the excretion of antimicrobial resistance genes or resistant organisms, especially in people who are taking antibiotics. And so if you think about how transmission occurs, like similar to enteric pathogens, um, if we don't have barriers in place, uh, a new host can ingest antimicrobial resistance genes or uh, antimicrobial resistant bacteria. So improved drinking water and sanitation act as barriers essentially to prevent transmission of antimicrobial resistant genes and antibiotic resistant bacteria. There's also one, um, another way in which they're linked, and that's people who 
don't have access to improved drinking water and sanitation tend to have a higher burden of infectious diseases and therefore tend to consume more antibiotics. Sure. So with that background, could you please describe your study design of your paper? Yeah, so we were interested in this link between the burden of antimicrobial resistance in the human gut and access to improved drinking water and sanitation. So for the first part, this burden of antimicrobial resistance, we decided to look at publicly available human fecal metagenomes. Uh, what's a metagenome? It's basically all the um, sequencing data that comes from when you extract all the DNA that's in a fecal sample. Um, so if you extract the DNA and then sequence that, you get your human fecal metagenome. Um, and so we look for publicly available sequencing data from primarily low and middle income countries. We also included some higher income countries in there. And then authors of the paper uh, contributed additional metagenomes. In total, we got around 1,600 metagenomes from 26 countries. And then for the second part of what we were looking at, which is improved water and sanitation, we used publicly available household data sets that are from MIX, which stands for Multiple Indicator Cluster Survey, which is a UNICEF program, and then DHS, which stands for Demographic and Health Survey, which is a USAID program. And both of them collect country-level data generally on well-being, but these surveys are also used to um, monitor progress towards those development goals that I talked about in my previous question. And so there, there are household data sets where there are questions on what type of drinking water source do you have and what type of sanitation do you have. So we looked at the location of where these fecal metagenomes are from and looked at the same geographic location in these surveys and linked them up to define basically the percentage of people in a defined area that have access to improved drinking water and sanitation. So those are kind of the two pieces that we looked at. We have this household survey data that tells us the fraction of people who have improved drinking water and sanitation. We have these fecal metagenomes that we align to databases of antimicrobial resistance genes to calculate abundance of resistance genes. And then we use generalized linear models to model the association between the two. Um, we also looked at some other things like what are the most abundant families of bacteria? Uh, what's the relative abundance of different antimicrobial resistance genes um, by drug class, all in WHO-defined regions around the world. So before we go on to what your main findings were, could we just go back to the metagenomes? Because you used metagenomes that were all publicly available online. Was that just through searches on databases? Yeah, so we searched um, the SRA, the Sequence Read Archives, and took metagenomes that are available through that. Yeah. Okay. So now that we've established your methods for your paper, could you please go through your main findings? Yes. So when we look at the abundance of resistance genes by region, we found the highest abundance of antimicrobial resistance genes in Africa and Southeast Asia. When we looked at association between access to improved drinking water and sanitation and abundance of ARGs, we found that with 
basically higher access, so more access to improved drinking water and sanitation, the lower abundance of antimicrobial resistance genes, and this is controlling for region and population density. This is an interesting finding because if you look at the association between improved sanitation with antimicrobial resistance genes alone and improved drinking water and antimicrobial resistance genes alone, there wasn't a significant association. So it's really the combined access to improved drinking water and sanitation where we see this lower abundance of antimicrobial resistance genes in the fecal metagenomes. So how can these findings be used to inform future policy or research? Yeah, so for policy, there are national action plans for combating antimicrobial resistance. And right now, even outside of these national action plans, I'd say the primary method of combating antimicrobial resistance is through stewardship, which is essentially through education, reducing demand and usage of antimicrobials and making sure it's like appropriate prescriptions for antimicrobials. And that's great, but there's also other ways to think about combating antimicrobial resistance. And so our results suggest that we should be including community level drinking water and sanitation in these plans to combat AMR. And providing improved drinking water and sanitation is beneficial for many other reasons, like other health benefits. It's also important to have, you know, we have the right to safe water and um, to have a dignified place to use the restroom. So I think, you know, outside of our findings, it is not a bad thing to be providing improved water and sanitation. But yes, so we think that they should be included in these national action plans for combating AMR. And if you look at the current national action plans, very few of them mention water and sanitation. Um, Some mention water and sanitation in the context of uh, healthcare settings, which is also great. But what we really are interested in is including WASH in communities. Yeah. And then in terms of future research areas, so this was an observational analysis of secondary data. And so it would be good to look at this causal, if there's a causal relationship through more carefully designed um, studies that are specifically for this purpose of looking at the association between abundance of resistance genes, or just, you could also look at antimicrobial resistance in a different way and access to improved drinking water and sanitation. So you looked at um, the available metagenomes But a lot of the research that we see currently is uh, wastewater surveillance. But that wasn't something you looked at. Could you expand on why? Yeah, so wastewater surveillance is great. Definitely supportive of that. (laughs) Uh, However, especially in low and middle income settings, not everyone is is connected to sewer systems. And so that was our rationale for looking at individual metagenomes for low and middle income countries is that right now, wastewater surveillance wouldn't capture the large proportion of the population that is not connected to sewer systems. And, uh, you know, 1800 or 1600 metagenomes is also not representative of everybody. So I think it's just important to think about what what is the question you're trying to ask? And mm-hmm. um, we definitely do need more representative sampling uh, from low and middle income countries. 
Yeah. I mean, as you say, improving access to water and sanitation has got so many other health benefits, not just the ones you're talking about in your paper. How do we improve that access? Because it can't, it must be quite a difficult thing to actually do. Yes. <laughs> and it's true. There are... We are. We have been trying to figure this out for decades, right? Like yeah. it's not a new problem. But we have known that water and sanitation are important for health for a very long time. I think the question is like, how can we do that in an economically feasible way? And that includes investment from governments and a lot of different parties. I I think people want improved water and sanitation. It's how do we have enough money to provide it for everyone? Yeah, yeah. Just like all health interventions, I think. Mm -hmm. So what is next for your research, both related to this paper and outside of this paper? Um, yeah, that's a good question. <laughs> uh, so I just started as a faculty member at UW. Um, and so one thing that we're working on is uh, some of the topics that you've mentioned today, which is wastewater surveillance for antimicrobial resistance. So we're looking at ways of sequencing resistance genes so that we can tell what uh, allele or like what version of the gene we have present in our sample. And then one, just one final question. Your paper is described as an ecological study. Could you please elaborate on what that actually means? Yes, good question. An ecological study is when we have this aggregate exposure measurement. So we have aggregate measures of WASH, and that's why it is an ecological observational study. So finally, could you tell us what were the limitations of this study? Yes. Yeah, so to me, the main limitation is that it's an observational analysis. There's data limitations in that the data that we have on antibiotic usage is not great. You know, how do you measure that? We don't have data on safely managed sanitation. As I mentioned before, it's still a relatively new definition, and therefore we haven't implemented surveys in every country to measure progress towards safely managed sanitation. And the quality of improved water and sanitation can vary substantially, and we're trying to capture that with these survey questions. But, you know, these are just... I would say pretty like shallow questions and we can't really capture the nature of what is the quality of the improved water and sanitation. So definitely data limitations are a big part of um, what I would say are the main limitations to this analysis. Yeah. Yeah. So in the, in the surveys, when they're asked about um, antibiotic use or health, health kind of seeking behavior, do you know if they have any part of it that, looks at where the antibiotics are sourced from. I'm only asking because we were at a, a, a talk recently about substandard and falsified medicines in low and middle income countries. I was just wondering whether, do they collect data on where they get the antibiotics from? No, and they don't even really collect data on, you know, if they're using antibiotics. Like, I believe it's DHS. Um, mm. They ask the the question uh, as it pertains to like, if you're reporting an illness, then I believe the follow-up question is like, have you used any treatment methods? So yeah, like 
there are not antimicrobial usage questions included in these surveys. Because I think one issue is that a lot of times people don't necessarily know what they're taking or like, you know, where it came from. It's like, oh, that's, you know, that's just like the thing that I get from my neighbor when I feel sick or, mm-hmm. yeah, it's, I would say there's a lot of like casual or maybe the word is unregulated use. So you are the first author on this paper, but you are not alone. You have got a lot of people on there with you from a lot of countries, it seems. So could you tell me about um, your research group, where you're all from, what your backgrounds are, and how you came together to get this paper sorted? The co-authors of this paper um, are a collection of authors that have worked together before, are interested in this topic, particularly those who are even authors of some of the studies that we found through our search of publicly available metagenomes. Um, So we have authors from around the world, from Peru, Ecuador, India, Kenya, Ethiopia, uh, the UK, um, and the United States. Excellent. A A true international collaboration. Thank you very much for joining us on this episode of In Conversation With. I think your paper is really interesting. It adds a different element to antimicrobial stewardship, less about reducing the use of antibiotics, but making sure that antimicrobial resistant genes aren't circulating as much in the environment and in water. So I think it's an exciting study. It's great to have it with us. And I'm so glad that you came on the podcast. Thank you so much for having me, Rebecca. I really appreciate the opportunity to chat about this paper. Great. Thank you so much. You can read the paper by Dr. Fairmeister and colleagues online now at thelancet.com. Thank you to Dr. Fairmeister. And thank you for listening to this episode of In Conversation with the Lancet Microbe. You can subscribe to the In Conversation With series wherever you usually get your podcasts.